Hey there, welcome to today's episode of Verity Vitamins. I hope you're having a wonderful September. We have been in the middle of a series entitled The Whole Counsel of God. And uh, if you haven't heard the first few episodes, it may help you to go back and listen to them if you have time and if you have a desire to do that. But um, basically what we've been talking about is how we all have a part and we all know a part and none of us has it all and knows it all. But in order to receive the whole counsel of God in any area or in any situation, it requires some humility on our part. And of course, none of us have attained to the whole counsel of God in the sense of all of his vast knowledge. I don't know that we'll even attain to that in heaven. I mean, I believe that's reserved for God and God alone, but we will follow on to know more and more as it's his will to reveal things to us. But uh, something that we've been saying is that isolation leads to extremism, and extremism can lead to error. Now, I keep qualifying this because I don't want people to get confused and think I'm talking about um, we need to mix in with the world and, and different you know, religions and different ideas just to get everybody's perspective. No, <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but within the body of Christ, God has given us different parts and different places in the body. And, and none of us have it all. None of us know it all. But we need to be open to each other to receive what we don't know, to receive the parts we haven't seen. And so that's kind of the direction we've been, we've been going and talking about. And so in this one, I, I believe we're at part six. And the title of today's episode is entitled The Cover Story. <laughs> the cover story. And, and I want to get into this. Uh, in Acts 20, 26, this is the text for the series. It says, Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. He said, I haven't shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. In 1 Corinthians thirteen nine, it says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. You know, children don't know a lot, <laughs> and they have a perspective. And when you grow up, your perspective changes. And so the same thing happens to us spiritually. This is why the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not to lean on our own understanding. He says, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know just as I also am known. You know, if Paul knew in part, that means you and I know in part. And that means there are other parts that we don't know. And if there are other parts we don't know, that requires some humility on our part to acknowledge. You know, extremism comes when people treat their part like it's the whole thing. <laughs> when they treat their part like it's the whole deal. And people end up inflating their part to, to be like the whole thing. And that's where error comes in. Because if you only have a part, all the things that you fill in to try and make it the whole, you added. <laughs> and that's why we've got a lot of stuff that has a little bit of word and a little bit of gospel, but all the rest of the, the blanks are filled in with politics and social reform and opinion 
Are you listening? And so what is that? That is very little spiritual nutritional value. (laughs) And this is something that the Lord brought up to me recently. You know, there's some things I enjoy, um, you know, entertainment wise, and they're not bad things. You know, they're not bad. They're not ungodly. But something that I felt like the Lord quickened to me recently is that I need to I need to keep a watch over how much time I'm spending feeding on things that have very little spiritual nutrition. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean you can't ever watch a show or listen to a certain kind of song or do that. That's fine if it's not ungodly, but you need to keep a watch over how often you're feeding on things that have no spiritual nutrition. I mean, it's just like in the natural. You need to be aware of how often you're eating ramen noodles. You know, every now and then, you know, if it's a, if it's a Thursday night and you want something quick and you're sitting down to watch something, okay, ramen's fine, but there's very little nutritional value in ramen noodles. So you you need to be aware of how often you're eating and feeding on things that have very little nutritional value. And so what happens a lot of times is people take a part of something and that part is good, but they add all this other stuff to it. And it's not necessarily bad, but what happens is things get inflated and things get get tainted. And then if you treat your part like it's the whole thing, a lot of that's just pride. And whenever you mix in pride with what you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 8 that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. See, you know a part, but if you're not careful... You're going to get puffed up about what you know and start acting like you know everything. (laughs) And it's everything. It's the whole counsel of God. You know, all there is to talk about is this and everybody else is just off. Well, that's wrong. And isolation leads to extremism. Extremism leads to error. I've been in places before where they were small, little environments, and they had a part they had a grace. They they loved the Lord. They were good at things, but they got isolated and they started to treat their thing and their part like it was the only thing. And it was like the big thing and everybody else was kind of missing it unless they joined their thing. Well, that's pride and that's how people get into extremism and that's where cults come from. You understand? Isolation. God did not design the body of Christ to be isolated from each other. He said he has set the the members in the body as it has pleased them. We are all meant to be connected to other parts of the body. Amen. And so that's kind of what we've been talking about. Now, in talking about the cover story, what what does that mean? Let's read in Genesis 3, verse 7. It's talking about when Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And I I talked about this in a a full podcast recently called Don't Blame Me about how they blamed each other instead of taking personal personal responsibility. I think that's the second time I've made that tongue twister. Personal responsibility. And, you know, a big thing we've been looking at is self-examination and how important self-examination is in receiving the whole counsel of God, because Jesus said, if you're judging your brother, but you've got a beam in your own eye, then you're a hypocrite. He said, but if you'll remove the beam that's in your own eye, then you're going to see clearly to help your brother. We talked about how in Acts, 
I want to say it was 16, I have to look at the reference, no, 18, I believe, Acts 18, that Aquila and Priscilla heard Apollos preaching the scriptures accurately, but he only knew about John's ministry, and that's all he knew, and then they took him aside, and they taught him the way of God more perfectly. Well, you know that Apollos had to have some humility to receive something that he didn't already have. And not to act like, oh, no, 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 I, I received the baptism of John, and that's what I'm going to preach, and that's all there is to it. I don't need you to teach me. I don't need you to correct me. Well, then he wouldn't have gone on to be the minister that he was if he had had that attitude. And so God wants to add more thanks to us through different members of the body of Christ. But anyway, so Adam and Eve, they had eaten of the tree of the, God, the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible says that when their eyes were opened, they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. They did what? They sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves coverings. What did they do? They made themselves a cover. <laughs> they, they, a cover up. <laughs> they made a cover up. You understand? And, and, and listen, their story was their cover up. They made fig leaves that covered their body, but they made up a story that covered their sin. Ooh, that just came right out of my spirit. I'm not just saying that because it's a catchy phrase. When I say it came right out of my spirit, I mean it came right out of my spirit. Uh, they made fig leaves to cover their nakedness, but they made up a story to cover their sin. Ooh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. That's revelation. Um, there's a movie, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie back in the early 2000s called Big Fat Liar, <laughs> Big Fat Liar with Frankie Muniz. And he is notorious for making up cover stories for things he didn't do or was supposed to do or, or missing class or whatever the case was. And he, he considered himself to be very good at it. But you see in the course of the movie how in turn what happens is he ends up reaping what he sowed. And, and he writes the story about a big fat liar and this pr producer, Marty Wolf, uh, steals his story and makes a movie out of it. And it's a whole thing. But uh, there is a cover story, you know. And many times people embellish what happened in an attempt to hide their own guilt or shame. And they'll try to shift the spotlight onto someone else. I, I mentioned this before, but honesty will lead to honor, but embellishment always leads to embarrassment. Embellishment always leads to embarrassment. What's embellishment? It's a covering. It's covering up your fault, what you did wrong. And the Bible says that they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. <laughs> now, that's interesting. Why did they hide themselves among the trees? Because that is what God said they could eat of. They wanted to be as far away as possible from the place of their guilt. <laughs> they hid themselves among the trees. Oh, 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 we're at the trees that you told us we could be at. They're trying to hide something. And the Lord God called Adam and said, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. You know, God's voice brings light and truth into the situation. God's voice is never one-sided. You know, you can get one-sided with things and, and justify yourself, but God's voice is the sword that rightly divides the truth. You'll see that here in a second. And he, he said, we were naked and we hid ourselves. And he said, who told you you were naked? He said, did you eat the fruit I told you not to eat of? And he said, the woman you gave me, 
she gave uh, me the fruit of the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now, I find it interesting that Eve knew that the, that the serpent deceived her. She acknowledged it. In other words, deep down in her heart, she knew better. Are you listening? She knew better in her heart. When God's voice sh shined a light into the situation, she's like, the serpent deceived me. She knew. Look at this in Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature, watch this, hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So what did Adam and Eve do? They tried to hide their nakedness from God when they heard, watch this, his word. Ugh. When they heard his word. You know, the word of the Lord discerns and exposes the thoughts and intents of the heart. And many people try so hard to justify themselves outwardly. You know, technically I did this. Technically I didn't do that. Technically they did this. Technically they didn't do that. But what does God look at? He looks at the heart. And you know, you can't cover up a wrong heart with a clever story. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. You can't justify it. Why? Because God sees and he knows. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 27, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. You know, adultery is not a technicality. Adultery is of the heart. And who knows the heart? God. He divides between soul and spirit. We see this over in, uh, what was that? 1 Samuel 15. I won't take time to read the whole thing. But uh, Saul had disobeyed the word of the Lord and had kept sheep that he wasn't supposed to keep. And he spared Agag when he was supposed to kill Agag. And Samuel came and he said, what's going on here? He said, what is all this bleeding of sheep I hear? He's like, did you not do what the Lord told you to do? And Saul's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I did what the Lord told me to do. But the people, they spared the sheep. They spared the sheep. And we see that instead of acknowledging his sin and acknowledging what he did wrong, he tried to cover it up. He thought of a clever cover story, but you know, a cover story couldn't hide the intents of his heart. And the word of the Lord came to Samuel and said, listen, your kingdom is ripped away from you. Why? Because God saw right to the heart. And then you see after that, Saul still didn't repent. He said, okay, okay I, I repent, I did wrong, but can you just come and worship with me in front of everybody? What's he trying to do? He's still more interested in covering this thing up in front of the people. He, he's not interested in, in the condition of his heart. He's not interested in what the word of the Lord is saying to him right now. He's trying to cover it up. He's, he's concerned about appearances. You know, you got to watch out about this, especially people in the public eye. A lot of times people trade their witness for their image. They confuse their witness with their image. It's one thing to be a good witness. It's another thing to be concerned about your image. And a lot of that is just a cover-up from what's really going on. And I'm not saying you're supposed to let the whole world read your mail if you're in the public eye or anybody's supposed to do that. I'm not saying that. But you got to be careful about being more concerned about your image than you are the condition of your own heart. Because that's what Saul was doing, trying to cover it up. 
And, you know, a, a lot of people are looking for a technicality. A lot of people are looking for a, a technicality to justify themselves. Let, let me read this to you. I'm almost done. In John chapter 8, <clears throat> um, it says in verse 1, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. Well, she was caught in the act of adultery. There, there it is. There's the evidence. It's very clear. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And watch this. This they said, testing him, that they might have something with which to accuse him. Now look at that. They're not even interested in accusing this woman. They're looking to accuse Jesus. That's why they created the situation. See, the enemy does this. He will try to put you in situations so he can get something on you. And so he can accuse you to other people. And so he can discredit you. That's what he's interested in. And, and they're looking for a technicality. They're wanting Jesus to take a side and a stance. They're like, here are the facts. Uh, now choose a side right now. And, you know, people don't always mean to do this, but a lot of times the enemy will pressure people to get you to take a side in a thing. And another reason why people want you to take sides is because they've allowed too much of their soul to override their spirit in a thing. And this is why the word of the Lord has to divide between soul and spirit. And a lot of times people are looking to justify themselves and condemn somebody else. But the spirit of God knows better than that. Look at this. It says, but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Another thing you hear people say a lot is silence speaks louder than words. You know, if you didn't speak up about this issue and you didn't speak up about that issue, your silence is speaking louder than your words. Well, some of that is just pressure because the Bible tells me to be slow to speak and quick to hear. I'm not going to say something about something until I get something from the Lord about it. Well, that's just a side note, but. It says, they continued asking him, and he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And then he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. So what happened? The word of the Lord exposed the thoughts and intents of their own heart. It caused them to examine themselves. What did God ask Adam and Eve? What have you done? So the point of this podcast today is if you want the whole counsel of God in any situation, on any subject, it comes through self-examination first and waiting on a word from the Lord, not jumping to conclusions or accusations. And an earmark of a cover story is fault-finding with someone else and self-justification. But well, watch this. Where there is humility, there is honesty. Honesty is admitting what you have done. And the humble are those who get the grace. But can I tell you what else the humble get? The whole counsel of God. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 2, that the humble shall hear. The humble shall hear. You know, this is twofold. Humility is willing to hear correction. Humility is able to hear instruction. And humility will receive counsel. Humility will receive counsel. And because humility hears more, humility, watch this, knows more. 
See, if you get puffed up in what you think you know about something and about a situation, you're closed off. You won't listen to anybody else. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wisdom. But if you walk in humility and self-examination, you're more willing to hear, which means you will end up hearing more. And if you're hearing more, you know more. You receive the word that rightly divides when you walk in humility. Proud people get stuck in an extreme, but humble people will follow on to know the whole counsel of God.